to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to be in worship with you again this morning. I was on vacation last uh, Sunday, so I wasn't able to kind of give my feedback about Easter. I just want to say thank you to all the folks who made Easter so such a joyous celebration. There was such warmth and energy. We had, I think, over 2,000 folks in our seven services. It was just, it was fantastic to be together. We had folks I hadn't seen in a couple years. It was great to, to see them, to celebrate the resurrection and live into the new life that Christ offers us. Well, last Sunday, Lindsay did a great job kicking off our sermon series, Wise Up, about wisdom literature in the Old Testament. She gave a a fantastic sermon on the opening chapter, the opening verses of the book of Proverbs. Do you know, actually, it was why I know it was such a great sermon is because I listened to it while I was running on a treadmill and it was very inspirational. And it was short, so I was done quick, so it was great. Um, uh, But those sermons are always available probably about about 1 p.m. on Sundays on our podcast feed. So if you or somebody else you think might be blessed by a a sermon, you can let them know about that. And then on Mondays from 12 to 12.30 on Facebook Live, we're doing a closing the distance conversation about the previous day's sermon themes. And this is very unscripted where we're just kind of like digressing and talking about questions that people maybe had maybe illuminating some um, questions, uh, some topics that we hadn't talked about. So check out roswellpress.org for all that. Well, let us listen now for the word of the Lord as we look at Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. This is the word of the Lord. (laughs) Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that you might be our teacher, that you might shed some light on maybe a troubling or difficult question, a topic. What does it mean to cultivate a wise life, to live wisely? Lord, now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. One of the most miserable memories I have from my childhood came from reading the Bible. If you were to look into my house growing up, you would have seen a family trying to cultivate wisdom. We did this through a family ritual called Wisdom Search. To wake us up, At 6.20 every morning, my parents would go to the family stereo and they would put on a record and they would turn up the volume to full blast. From what I remember, the song kind of goes like this. Good morning, good morning, good morning, I hope you're feeling fine. Good morning, good morning, good morning, I hope you're ready to rise and shine. At 14-year-olds, At 14, at 6.20 in the morning, I was definitely not feeling fine. 
But once we got up, everyone would gather in the family room and we'd do what we called wisdom search. This entailed reading five psalms and a proverb every morning. This meant that you could make it through the entire book of Psalms and the entire book of Proverbs once a month. At the end of our reading in the morning, each person was required to share a wisdom nugget. It was an insight, something they learned, an observation, and they had to share it with everyone else. Now, I told you that this is one of the most miserable and frustrating memories of my childhood. Being woken up at 6.20 in the morning with such a horrible song. Annoying, yes, but not the worst. Or you might think it was reading the same 31 chapters of the book of Proverbs every month. No. Frustrating, but no, not the worst. You might think it was, it was difficult, frustrating, miserable to have to come up with a new insight every morning for 10 years. Difficult, but not the most frustrating. The thing that really frustrated me, the problem I couldn't resolve, the truly miserable thing was once a month I had to read today's passage. Do not answer fools according to their folly or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly or they will be wise in their own eyes. In one verse, the proverb says, do not answer fools. And in the very next verse, it says, answer fools. What the heck? I know a contradiction when I see one. I thought the Bible wasn't supposed to contradict itself. Should I answer a fool, or should I not answer a fool? Raises a deeper question, though. What is the Bible for? This is a question we often don't ask. Is the Bible like an Ikea instruction manual? Hear the pieces, follow the instructions, and then you'll end up with a nice finished product. If you do all the right things, you follow the instructions, things will go well for you. Is that what the Bible is? doesn't really seem like it. I've read the book of Job. I know he was a righteous man. He did all the right things and things still went bad for him. I know from my own experience, bad things happen to good people. Is the Bible maybe a, a moral fable like the tortoise and the hare? Slow and steady wins the race? Kind of, but it, the Bible also talks about the creation of the cosmos People rising from the dead, the kingdom of God. It's got to be more than just a moral fable. Is it an ancient form of Wikipedia telling us about a history that's gone past? Well, yeah, it, it includes history, but it also has these eternal truths that are relevant to every time and place. To my mind, the Bible is a collection of stories instructions, parables, poems, songs, love letters, hate mail, narratives, prophetic writings, and wisdom sayings that tell of God's story of relationship with God's creation and ultimately with human beings. Despite the valleys and the low points, the rebellions of humanity, 
the mysterious, mysterious workings of God. The Bible with Jesus at the center essentially tells us God is for us. And because God is for us, there is an invitation to be in relationship and respond to God's pursuit of us and God's invitation. This means the Bible presents us with a question that we are called to respond to, to live out. We're called to to be a part of the story, to perform Scripture, to follow Jesus Christ. Jeff, how am I supposed to do that, though? My life is so different than what I read in the Bible I live in a totally different time, a different context, a different culture. How do I make sense of it? Well, friends, this is when you need wisdom. Wisdom. Now, I know some of you subscribe to Homer Simpson's view of wisdom. It's so simple to be wise. Just think of something stupid to say and don't say it. (laughs) Wisdom, yeah, that is wise, but it's a little bit more than that. Wisdom is taking the theological truths of Scripture and living them out in the rough and tumble of our lives. Wisdom orients us. It points us in the right direction. It keeps us on the right path. It's for when our hands get dirty. It's earthy. It's living. In the words of Martin Scorsese, it's the life we live on the mean streets. Out in the streets. Now I know some of you are like, thanks Jeff. Do I answer a fool or do I not answer a fool? In my very last semester at Princeton Seminary, I took a class on wisdom literature in the Old Testament. And mind you, the front of my mind was I wanted to make sense of Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5. Now was the time I was going to finally resolve my issue. I was going to find out. Should I answer a fool or should I not answer a fool? What's the Bible telling me? And so finally the day came to study Proverbs 26, verses 4 and 5, and we had this great Dutch Reformed professor. And he says, some of you have noticed the contradictory instructions from Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. He asked us, what do you make or how do you make sense of these verses? Why would the editors of Proverbs put these two Proverbs right next to each other when they so clearly contradict each other? At least put them far apart. But why would you put them next to each other? And I'm in the back of the class and I'm like, amen. Tell me. I was on the edge of my seat, maybe like you are now. I I was just like, I can't take it anymore. Tell me. And so he says, let me read the verses to you again. Do not answer fools according to their folly, or you will be a fool yourself. Answer fools according to their folly, or they will be wise in their own eyes. And then he says this. This is not a contradiction. The writer here is presenting you with a choice between alternatives. The wise person will know which choice to make. My head almost exploded. Oh, what? You mean I have a choice? I have a role in the matter? I have to decide 
what the wise option is in a particular time, a particular place, in a particular context. This was a life-changing idea for me. I have to make a choice. I have a role to play. I have to become wise to learn to read the Bible well, to live the good life, to follow Jesus. We have to become wise. I need to cultivate wisdom in my wife. Well, how do I do that? 16th century reformer John Calvin begins his magisterial institutes of the Christian religion with these words. Our wisdom, insofar as it ought to be deemed true and solid wisdom, consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and of ourselves. Then he goes on for about 1,200 pages. But he begins there, at the heart of the matter, what this is really about, about cultivating wisdom, is knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves and how those two intersect. Wisdom begins with knowing God and knowing ourselves. And this, these are the issues that wisdom literature is concerned with. How do these theological truths impact our lives? I found my notes from that class, and I wrote down these words. Wisdom literature records the sage's quest for the knowledge of God. This knowledge is revealed in the order and workings of the world and in acts of providence. In Jewish tradition, there are three parts to understanding wisdom. First, it says wisdom is found in Scripture, where we learn the story of God. And as Christians, the Bible says we have to put Jesus at the center of it. Because he is the embodiment of God's wisdom in the world. Second, to attain wisdom, it's a process of discipline and training. We read history. We pay attention to the way the world works. We try not to repeat other people's mistakes. We learn from our own mistakes. This isn't just about knowledge and accumulating facts. It's about what we do with those facts. It's an important thing to study the way the world works and train ourselves according to wisdom. This is one of the reasons I think youth sports is so important. This is why I think it's important to learn to play an instrument, why you should join the choir or the band. It's not so you can be a professional athlete one day or be a concert pianist or sing like Dua Lipa. No, it's about cultivating wisdom in your life that you train in one area, and then that wisdom, that virtue flows into the other parts of your life. The wisdom that comes from hard work. The wisdom of tenacity and grit. The wisdom of teamwork and working together to achieve a goal. The wisdom of knowing when you sing bass to let the sopranos take care of themselves. Third, we gain wisdom. As we gain wisdom, it will open the door to seeing beauty, order, and justice in the world. The fool fails to recognize the beauty of a great piece of art. The fool fails to pursue truth and justice. The fool thinks the rest of the world doesn't matter. It's all about him. The wise person knows when to answer a fool and when not to answer a fool. But becoming a wise person is hard work. It takes discipline, endurance. It takes the courage to look at yourself in the mirror 
and tell the truth about yourself. See, most of us, we just go along with the crowd. We do what we've always done. And most of the time, we never stop to think about it. In his essay, Self-Reliance, maybe one of the most important essays of American literature, Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote, A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. A foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds. What is he meaning? Saying a, a foolish consistency is just doing what everyone else is doing, doing what you've always done, failing to, to become a wise person. Do you know what the last seven words of a dying church is? We've always done it this way. A wise person knows when to make a change and when to go against the flow and be an individual. Take, for instance, there was this lawyer that was in a Bible study of mine. He told me, Jeff, I made a big decision in my life. It's wise. I said, what is it? He says, I, from now on, am only going to wear white dress shirts. I said, tell me why. He says, in my life, I have too many decisions to make. I cannot add the decision of which tie to match with my shirt with which suit. So that's pretty wise. But guess what? That's a wise consistency. But if you wear that white dress shirt to the beach, <laughs> that's a foolish consistency. The beach requires a totally different outfit. Or we have a friend whose wife went into labor. And he was driving her to the hospital. She was in the back seat. She's like, honey, you got to hurry. The baby's coming. you got to hurry. And he says, the speed limit is 55 miles an hour. Well, let's just say he should have driven a little faster. <laughs> Wisdom guides us in the right direction. It's how we live our lives. It's acquiring wisdom by watching others, paying attention to our lives, reading scripture, being part of a community that is trying together to cultivate wisdom. We need other people to help us along the way. Who do you have on your wisdom speed dial list? You know, like who are the wise people that you turn to for advice? If you have a financial decision to make, do you have somebody you can call to give you wise counsel? If you're having relationship problems, do you have someone to turn to, to offer some wisdom? If you're making a career decision, it's important to have somebody who's wise to help you stay on the path. We need help in knowing, do we answer the fool or do we not answer the fool? We need to become wise. In that class in seminary, and I'll never forget the story the professor told. The story he told about wisdom. He said, sometimes making the wise choice can be a matter of life and death. As a young boy, the professor had grown up in the Netherlands. He was a little boy during World War II, during the Nazi occupation of his Dutch town. At their home, unbeknownst to the Nazis, his father was hiding with a number of Jews in the attic. One day, an SS officer came to the door, knocked on it. The little boy's mom came to the door, and as the professor described it, the boy huddled in fear behind his mom's legs. As the SS officer said, where is your husband? 
And huddling behind his mother's legs, the little boy was wondering, what is she going to say? Is she going to tell them that they're hiding up in the attic? What would happen to them? Or will she tell a lie? Will she, will she tell some fib, even though you're not supposed to? He said his mom's told the SS officer, I'm sorry, my husband's out of town on a trip. And the officer left. The professor asked us in that class, rhetorically, do you think my mom did the right thing? And then he said, I don't know, but she definitely did the wise thing, and I'm so glad she did. Friends, let's cultivate wisdom so that we may flourish too. Let us not give in to the hobgoblin of little minds. Let us be the unique and wise people God has created and called us to be. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you. Lord, for this great community, this great church we're a part of, we pray that we might be a place where we help each other cultivate wisdom and wise living. Lord, so that we might flourish ourselves and we might help others flourish. Stay on the right path. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.